Sorry about that, guys. My, my trigger finger got a little happy there. I put you on hold and off hold. So, hey, uh, welcome everybody to Ron's Q&A call. And uh, as, as usual, we're, we're eager, we're excited. Uh, we'd love to have the chance to discuss these deals with you in real time, actually. Uh, also glad to be able to take your questions in what amounts to a monthly open forum. So you've probably already noticed this isn't Ron, this is Joel. Uh, Ron may join us, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Uh, if not, certainly do my best to provide some guidance to all of you and uh, discuss how we do deals uh, the way that Ron teaches. All that really means is doing deals smartly, doing them wisely, and making them as profitable as possible with the least amount of risk. So I, I probably should provide some background on myself to the group, but I think I'll, I'll give you some logistics for this call uh, just to make sure everybody who is entitled has a chance to get a question in the, in the queue. So this is pretty important if you're calling to participate and discuss one of your live deals so pay attention here. What happens is we hold this call on the second Monday of, of every month. And Gold Club members, if you're a member of the Gold Club, you can submit your deals prior to the call, and then we'll review them right here in real time. If, if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen in, but you're, you're actually not able to participate interactively. Uh, those who are not on the Gold Club or in the Gold Club are actually on a different line. Uh, those of you who are in the Gold Club, uh, you, we want to make sure you're on the right line, and I'm going to explain that in a sec. Uh, so if you're not in the Gold Club, you can get more information. Go ahead and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. And for those of you who are in, here's how you ask questions and, you, and, and how you get into the queue to discuss your deal, okay? Um, the first thing you have to do is you have to hit star six so that you can be entered into the queue. That's the little asterisk and the numeral six to be entered into the queue. Now, this is key. If you're a Gold Club member and you didn't dial in on the interactive line that allows you to hit that star six, the interactive line, the number that's listed on the Gold Club website at your homepage after you log in, then you, you need to go ahead, hang up now, and then dial back in using that phone number. In other words, it's probably not the number that was emailed out. So if you dialed in from your email and you're wanting to pose a question, you're not going to get in. You're on the the general line for, for folks who are sort of uh, test driving the, the gold club, if you will. But if you're already a member, uh, log in and then uh, use the interactive line that's listed there and you'll be able to get into, to, into the queue if, if, if you desire to. All right, so I trust everyone has that. So uh, hopefully not too boring here, but I'll give you just a little background. I'm Joel Sangerman. Uh, I've, I've really grown as a real estate entrepreneur in Ron's system. I'll say it's an evolving system, uh, which I can attest to having been in it for, for about 20 years or so. Uh, I've used Ron's system of, of real estate investment as a catalyst uh, to generate 
fast cash deals, we get in, we get out, and also really to generate longer-term asset growth, holding uh, properties. Uh, sometimes the, the holding of those properties is accidental uh, because you don't get your lease option buyer qualified, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, Ron calls that the goose. Well, these gooses can keep laying eggs and, and create long-term prosperity. Uh, I'll tell you my first courses with Ron, they were actually back in the 1990s. His courses were sold via cassette tape at the time. Uh, we did things way differently back then, and uh, it was it was you know fairly easy then. But I can just tell you that now, it is it is much much easier with the technology that that we have today. I mean, back in the 90s, we actually had to go out to the houses, we had to meet with the people uh, all the time, and you know th this this is before Al Gore invented the internet. So, Ron, Ron, that's probably his most used saying. It's one of my favorites next to his uh, chicken salad comments, for those of you who know what I'm referring to. But um, I don't think Ron would get tired of hearing uh, me laud him for his teaching ability. He, he's definitely the best teacher, the best coach I've had. That includes college sports. It includes, uh, you know, uh, high school sports my professional career uh, that I've maintained in healthcare. And what I can tell you is using the, the learning system, the techniques that Ron in global publishing have perfected, uh, I've had the luxury of doing both his ugly house business, you know, these are wholesaling and, and retailing, uh, and his pretty house business. So wholesaling deals is really for quick cash, retail is rehabs for, for bigger cash, a little bit longer time to payday though. And then, um, of course, the pretty house system really involves all the elements of Ron's terms system, or uh, again, what we call the pretty house business. So that's going to include uh, nomenclature like taking properties subject to, uh, using wraparound mortgages, dealing with overfinanced homes, lease options, sandwich leases, uh, even the the you know what 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 we used to call the act system or assigning contracts. Uh, you, you can even do straight up options um, as is done very frequently in the commercial world and and of course uh, all different variations of owner finance deals so it's a uh, it's a long way of saying that Ron's system aims to create transaction engineers it's a term that uh, he did use way back in the 90s I like that term because uh, that's really what you find yourself doing as you take calls from sellers and call and follow up on the leads that your virtual assistants have generated for you. But becoming a transaction engineer is up to you. I mean, if you want to specialize in an area that you prefer, you can do that, or you can be a generalist and, and make deals on whatever comes at you. Literally, you can make an offer on just about any house using Ron's system, which gives us a, a tremendous leg up over people who are siloed into one way of doing things. So what tonight is about, and, and every month, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, to true up your understanding of the system. It's an opportunity for you to get better, and it's an opportunity for you to set the stage to make more money. So, uh, you know, I bought and sold tens of millions in real estate. I profited nicely, uh, helping both sellers, helping buyers, and importantly, to this day, especially with it being the beginning of the year, 
and, and even as someone being asked to, to lead one of Ron's calls, I mean, one of the things that, that I did over the weekend is planned out my own educational course for 2018. I always still try to get on these monthly calls, uh, even the ones I'm not um, leading. But I, I also always use this, this treasure trove that we know of as the Gold Club regularly. I was just on there this weekend uh, pulling some, some forms down um, so that I could go out to a property that uh, I actually didn't purchase but I'm hoping to purchase. Uh, if I can get just a little more flexibility from my seller, um, and and I think we all need to be can, we, we all need to be thirsty for this kind of knowledge uh, and the kind of knowledge that's gained through these sorts of events and these sorts of collaborations. So I congratulate you guys for for getting on the call here. It's uh it's a, it, it should, hopefully will be a great start to your year. So let's go ahead and get started with questions from the field. Again, all you have to do is just hit star six. And then I should be able to see you in the queue if I'm not too technically challenged here. Um, by the way, uh, we budgeted an hour for this call time-wise. So I am going to end the call promptly at 8 Eastern, uh, although I did say that the last time I did this call and we went to probably after 9 Eastern. I won't do that to you guys today. Um, but. I will create a cadence, if you will. So, so depending on how many questions we have, I'll try and pace the conversation appropriately. Um, also, I, th this, this is important too. We're not really in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, so I do try to answer the, uh, the, the group call questions in the best interest of everyone on the call. So it may sound um, repetitive or rudimentary, uh, if I'm talking to, to somebody who has a more complex question, but the reason for that is uh, I'd like for more than just a questioner to benefit from the answer to a question that probably more than just a questioner had. So hopefully that's fair enough, and let me go ahead and see if we can grab our first caller here, our first question. So it looks like we have quite a few questions here. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten questions, and we've got about, and, and that's ten callers, so hopefully you guys can kind of consolidate your, your questions. Sometimes people say they have two or three questions um, because we have so many, uh, and we've got about, you know, uh, you know an hour here. Um, you know, I, I, I can't spend uh, more than ten minutes with everybody, so let me go ahead and take our first question here, if I can just remember how to do this. This is a, oh, and by the way, if you, if you tell me who you are and where you're calling from, that, that would be helpful too. So our first caller is a wireless caller, uh, and they're calling from the area code 818. So uh, who am I on the line with? This is Greg from Southern California. Oh, hey, Greg. I'm not too far down the road from you here in, uh, in Henderson, Nevada. So we probably have the luxury of enjoying some weather that the rest of the folks aren't. Well, a whole ton of rain here, but yeah, normally uh, it's been really good, really good weather. So um, this is this is needed. Great. Well, Greg, what's on your mind? Well, I just uh, signed up for the Gold Club last week and and went through the fast track to wealth uh, this past weekend in LA. It was great. Um, my question is. Uh, on the Gold Club, is there mentor time where you can call in maybe any period of time? I didn't see it in the bullet points for, for the Gold Club. 
And do, to do my first deal, is there any way that that, that mentor or another mentor can become a 50-50 partner? So that's really my question. So well, that's a good that. question. Of course, everybody on the call is going to think that's a loaded question <laughs> because it's <laughs> almost a shameless opportunity to promote the, the mentorship. The Gold Club, there is a, uh, a line, a hotline that you're able to, to call. Um, and I, you know, that, that's one way of going about it. Once you've gone through Quick Start Real Estate School, what a lot of people do is graduate to the level of saying, you know what, I get it, I understand this system, uh, I want to make sure I, get, I don't get off track, I want to be able to calibrate my activities to, to, to really stay the course here, uh, I should probably get a, a, a mentor. And of course, I think that's a really good idea because you know, the mentor will more, will, will more than pay for itself because usually with a mentor, or in particular to the second half of your question, uh, if you choose to partner with the mentor, um, you can split deals 50-50. If there's money that's going to be transacted, that ratio goes up a little bit. But if you think about it, you know, having, you know, having somebody like, like Ron partnering with you, you should be able to do twice as many deals, uh, which, would, which would mean that the 50-50 proposition is uh, uh, at least a break-even proposition. Uh, but the education you get along the way because you see how somebody who's been there handles things um, uh, makes a difference. So, so I am a proponent of that, and I think it's a, a good thing for folks to do. But you don't, you don't get, the mentorship is, is not inexpensive. Um, I, I don't actually have the, you know, the rate. You'd have to check with Global Publishing on that. Uh, or when you go to Quick Start, uh, talk, usually the Wolves talk about that program. And you'll have an opportunity to, um, you know, to choose to enter the mentorship program if you like. Uh, a very good investment. Greg, did you catch that? I did. Thank you for the help. Is there any possible way to um, hook up with a mentor prior to going through Quick Start? Well, sure. Uh, I would call Global and tell them that you want to do that. They'll talk to you uh, about how that would work, and uh, you could certainly do that uh, uh, ahead of going to Quick Start. Okay, thank you. My, my paradigm is, is, you know, I don't know what the extent of your real estate education, right, but I, w I would think that the, the value of the mentorship would be best once you intuitively understand the system and uh, can talk the talk so that they can help you walk the walk. And just going to the fast track, I don't know if that's quite enough, and you know I'm not trying to downsell or, or, or uh, thwart anyone who would want to get into the mentorship, but I think it's important to have a baseline, and Quick Start definitely gets you that. Now your Quick Start isn't for a few more weeks, so I understand the anxiety with wanting to get set up, right. uh, and it's, it, you know it may be a good idea because with the mentor, you'll probably be able to bring exponentially more lead sheets into the quick start school than you otherwise would because you'll have that 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 tutelage if you will I don't even know if that's a word but you'll have that that tutoring so to speak and uh, the good thing about that is as you probably saw at the fast track that a lot of those leads are called right there and in quick start where you have four days you actually get a hold of people over the course of four days and deals are structured 
into all hours of the, the evening and you can walk out a quick start with uh, you know some basic logistics of go meet the seller here's your contract get them to okay the paperwork and then uh, you now have an asset that sometimes is worth 10 20 30 40 fifty thousand uh, dollars that actually happens several times at every single quick start real estate uh, program that I've been to it's also going to happen to uh, a, a geometric degree at the convention in Florida in February so folks should get out to that as well if, if they can so anyway not to be promotional but these are these are good things for for folks to do so uh, anyway thanks Greg um, I'm gonna move on to the next caller okay thank you sir yep thank you so now uh, we've got someone from 716 if you could tell me uh, your name and where you're calling from that would be great Hi, my name is Andrew. I'm calling from nice and warm Buffalo, New York. Just <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Your voice sounds familiar. I think I've met you before. Definitely we did. You guys called me crazy, Andre. No, no, I, well, I didn't call you that. <laughs> no, but you're a great guy. I, if I remember right, you've done quite a lot uh, in Buffalo using Ron's system, made a lot of money, and done extremely well. Is that a fact? It is fun, it is, yes, but we need to do more. And, you know, at this point, I just bumped into some things that I haven't done before. It's, you know, like when the, you close the properties and you sell them already to the, uh, or to retail, to the end buyers with a mortgage, the evil of the current story is the bank appraisal. They come and lowball left and right, and this is quite difficult to deal with them. Uh, I was just told that after appraisal put their uh, report, it hangs in in their system for a year connected to this property. So the issue is I'm um, trying to understand what can be done to save the deal when appraisal is coming lower than the actual contract price. So the house is sold conditionally for a mortgage and everything's fine, everybody happy here, appraisal coming and giving like 25% less. Yeah. So uh, let me see if I can characterize that question and you tell me if I have it right. You're, you're going and you're getting a property under contract and then you're yep. going, before you close on that contract to buy, you're going and locating your buyer. That buyer uh, goes through the process of getting a loan to essentially uh, refinance off whatever debt is on there or pay the, the, the money that's required to buy the property. And in that process, yep. the bank is sending a, a, an appraiser out there, and yes. that appraiser appraises it for less than what your contract price is with the seller. And how do you deal with that? Exactly. Just, okay. just even take any standard MLS sell with a realtor. There's going to be most likely mortgage, and there's going to be appraisal. Here you That's go. Right. Especially if those are FHA or VA or any of those great That's loans. Right. That's exactly right. Now this is a critical, a critical point because we do have the ability to get a little bit of a premium on our lease option properties, but we do need the appraisal to come in. You're not talking about one year, two year, three years down the line. You're talking about an escrow probably of 30, 60, 90 days and then you go get your buyer. So, so the only thing you can really do is you have to buy them better. You have to buy them cheaper. And if the mortgage balance precludes you from doing that, 
the only opportunity you would really have is is you know some some form of a short sale or or the or the you know your seller bringing cash to close something along those lines, and you know that's a lot more difficult to deal with. So you 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 have to have properties that have enough equity that you can create a quick enough spread and one that allows you to get the highest appraisal um, against what your price is. But if you're buying it at close to full price and then that appraisal comes in and there's not enough to pay the seller off, then it wasn't a good deal. And, and uh, you just yeah, have yeah. to deal with that reality. Um, what yeah, I'll tell you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, t I'll, you know, I'll tell you it's interesting because I, um, I just went through this uh, myself. Um, there is a, uh, a condo. Now, now, I live in Nevada, right? So you would think in Las Vegas, Nevada, you, 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 you just might have the opportunity to, um, to influence an appraiser. <laughs> However, uh, since 2008, I have not seen appraisers being uh, influenced. And I, I actually had a discussion with, uh, uh, with one of the, the realtors out here, and she claims to be able to influence the, the appraisers, but uh, I told her she wasn't going to be able to influence them. And she, you know, um, what ended up happening was, you know, we, we had a short sale uh, possibility, and I needed, I needed the appraisal to come in actually really low. Uh, because I wanted the bank to see a low broker price opinion so I could get it at the price I, I wanted to. Um, but these appraisers, especially when a lender um, or you know, a bank who's holding paper uh, is going to order one, I mean, they're ordered through a clearinghouse. You can't even choose your own appraiser like we used to do. We used to literally just choose a certified appraiser and, and that yep. would be the appraisal for the bank. That stuff doesn't fly anymore. You don't even know who you're going to get. Um, and as far as the appraisals attaching to the property, that's going to be different in different areas of the, of the country. But there is also a clearinghouse for uh, the, the Appraisers Association where they can um, see what kind of appraisals have been done on properties if there had been one uh, more recently. So, you know, the, the answer to your question is you've got to buy them a little bit better. And if you're trying to not have the deal blow up on you, the only thing you can really do is start trying to get creative with, you know, uh, putting putting a note or something um, together, so that and, and sometimes the bank will have an issue with that. If your if your buyer is coming in with a new loan, they might not like the idea of there being, um, you know, a, a, no, a, no. a note involved. They, they don't. They don't. And actually, our area is growing up like crazy. It's it's it's, it's booming now. And the uh, uh, banks and appraisers, uh, they still think that it's like two years ago and Buffalo was very cheap. It's not cheap anymore. It is two or three times more than it was before. So they cannot even understand. They cannot appraise current market price. That's a problem. So exactly. we, uh, like, uh, without reg uh, regard how, how much we paid for properties, the current market is, let's say, I don't know, 150. But they, they consider it's less than 100 even. The thing that I find myself wondering here is, I believe the last time you and I talked, you had won some sort of a award trip to Dollywood um, in, yeah. in Tennessee, right before it caught on fire. And you told me you were tired of freezing up there in Buffalo, and you were gonna you were gonna come down to where the weather was better. 
Exactly. And just start doing it before. And now everything is growing like mushrooms. I'm hanging in. Hanging in there. <laughs> well, then you know when you say that things are growing like mushrooms, you know that the problem that we've just uh, lamented here should not prevent anyone from going out and doing business the other ways. You're definitely a transaction engineer. And there's other ways to buy property where you can pay full price and not have banks involved on the, on the front end that can whopper job the deal because of an appraisal. There's plenty of business out there. Um, or if you're going to do this wholesale or retail business, you just do have to be able to buy it better. And you know Ron's formula for, you know, for wholesale and retail is you need to find out what that appraisal is going to come in at. You can do that on your own using Real Estate ABC, Zillow, Realtor.com, any, you know, e-appraisal, um, any of the online appraisal sites and kind of determine what you think it's going to comp out at and multiply that number by 70%, subtract out what the repairs and the staging cost will be to get it in, in selling condition. And, if, and, and that's your maximum allowable offer. You cannot pay more than that. If you're paying more than that, you're going to run into the problems that, 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 that you and I just spoke of. Yep. So far, we're good with buying. <laughs> but I missed it. What's that? So far, we're good with buying. Ah. Uh, well, listen, man. Uh, I appreciate you calling in. Um, Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate the work you're doing out there. Uh, you've had a great deal of success, and uh, hopefully it's inspiring to others. Perfect. It was great talking to you. Okay. I'll, like see you. You. I'll see you next Thanks, month man. in Florida, most likely. Take care. There. Okay, I've got a call. Or did I? Oh, did somebody just drop? Andrew, is this still you? Hello. Nope. Is this Hello. another another Buffalo caller? No, um, not quite. But we're we're freezing up here in Pennsylvania too. Oh gosh. Well, anyway, what's your name? Marie. Marie, Marie, you sound familiar as well. I think we've spoken before, haven't we? Yes. We've Great. spoken a couple times. Yes. So what's on your mind? Well, I have uh, spoken with a seller. I'm uh, contemplating calling him back um, to go see the house. <clears throat> the basics of this deal are um, it, it's a, uh, it needs work. Um, he bought it for 25000 He's selling it for thirty five. He thinks the repairs are anywhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars. Now he wants five thousand down. He he wants five hundred dollars a month, and nothing goes to principal, and he wants it paid off in two years. Now I think the art is um, at least seventy-five thousand. Um, it's a three to four bedroom, one bath home, over fifteen hundred square feet. So. Uh, to me, I think the money is there to do the deal, um, but I just want to get your thoughts on it. Well, let, let's apply the formula that uh, we just discussed. So 75,000 R times 70% equals what? 52,500, I think. Less 15,000 in repairs equals what? 35,2, right? Um, yeah, something like that. Something like that, or 37. I, so, so you would be at Mayo if 
if the seller's estimate of repairs is accurate, which we don't, you know, really know. Usually, if a seller tells me there's 15,000 repairs, it's more like 25,000. But yeah. worse, I just don't see a great reason to get involved in in something with that low of a spread. If anything goes wrong, you 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 can lose money on this. Generally, when we're dealing in these very low end homes, and in, in Pennsylvania, a seventy-five thousand dollar home is low end. Um, you need to have at least fifty thousand of of spread, and you're nowhere near that. So to okay. me, I'd say it does meet the formula, but it's what we call a golden turd. <laughs> yeah. So okay. if, you, if you really need to do a deal, you could do it. You might even be able to get away with re-wholesaling it. Maybe maybe you get the guy that you know he bought it for twenty five. Maybe you get him to do it, give you a contract for thirty, and give you. 30 days, you go out to the RIA and, and you know, do the math the same way we just did and say, hey, there's $15,000 of profit in here. Here's the repair estimates. I repaired them at 15 grand because it needs kitchen, bath, and carpet and paint. And here's the comps at, you know, uh, 75 grand, possibly 80. I'm trying to be conservative for you guys. Here's, you know, 123 Main Street, 235 Pecan Street. They just sold 82 and 77 respectively, so you should be able to get 75 all day long. And... Listen, you guys can line up uh, in the hallway outside and the per first person to give me $5,000 uh, for this contract that I have to buy it for 30. That means you're in for 35. Gets it. I mean, you could try something like that, but is it really worth your time? That's a determination that everybody else has to make. I know I did one like that uh, early on. Um, I'm laughing because it was in it was in Chicago, and that property is worth over a million dollars today because of the regentrification of the neighborhood. Uh, you know, this does go back to the '90s. I bought a property for, gosh, I don't remember exactly. I think I bought it for 30 grand. Um, I ended up selling it for 60 grand. It had an R uh, of 80 or so, just like yours, and it needed you know a, a, a comparable amount of work. So I just I just went to the uh, uh, RIA meeting, and you know the next week I was basically uh, playing buyer off of buyer until I got one that I liked, and uh, we ended up selling it for sixty. Now I happened to drive by that property over the holidays when I went back to Chicago, and uh, I can tell you I looked it up. That property right now is worth well over a million dollars. Now, they definitely wow. fixed it up. They definitely fixed it up, but it's the land and the location that makes it so valuable. Beautiful yep. uh, view of downtown Chicago um, from a rooftop deck that they put on there. So these things can happen, but I, I'm going to stand by what I said, Maureen. So you're talking about a golden turd. Okay. All right. All right. Thank well, listen, you. stay warm there in Pennsylvania, and hopefully we'll see you out at the convention. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Joel. Yep. Take care, Marie. Okay, uh, this is someone from 830. Is this Roger by chance? Or yes, it is. Oh, okay. Is it Roger or is it Drew? I couldn't quite make out your name it, here. It's Roger. Oh, okay, Roger. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Central Texas. Central Texas. Okay, fantastic. So what's on your mind, Roger? Well, well uh, I... I, I Acknowledging the previous golden turd comment, yep. uh, where, where, where we're at here between uh, in the San Antonio and, and Austin area, 
and it's like where it is in one area of the country, things are pretty hot. Uh, so as much as we want to uh, follow the, the typical formula, you know, uh, R times 70% minus repairs, that's really, really tough to find any deals in that price range. Um, what we do have a few deals of that I've been exposed to are some basically pretty houses that have had either some kind of like tenant damage that was somewhat significant or a foundation issue, which we're kind of known for in this part of Texas. And it, it appears that a person can, can buy the house, uh, make the repairs, and, uh-huh. and still come up with, you know, $25,000, $30,000 profit, even if we, just, if we just sold it outright after fixing it up. Uh, my hope would be, since they are nice homes in nice neighborhoods, to maybe try to turn them into a, a golden goose if possible. Um, that, is that, does it still sound? I mean, and basically, what, when I, what the, the formula that I'm seeing here is I can get it for about 70% of ARV, but, but that includes repairs. I cannot subtract repairs or I won't get the deal. Is it best off to just keep moving and look for something else? Or is there, do you recommend uh, putting the numbers to it? And if I can make 20 or 30 grand, well, go let, for it. Let, let me understand what, what you're saying here. I'm not sure I totally followed it. Uh, on one hand, you were saying you were looking to uh, not retail a property out and you know get it fixed up and then lease option it out, trying to create a goose that can continuously lay golden eggs for you, meaning you know getting uh, lease option deposits from you know multiple buyers over time who end up not qualifying for the loan. Um, it, 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 but are you talking about using private money then to actually buy the house for cash and do that and then lease, lease option it out, or um, are you still correct? Yeah, well, that's going to be a personal decision, right? And it also has to do with you know who your lender lenders are. Um, I can tell you a phenomenal course to get, and I don't want to quote her because I'm not 100% sure this is her model, but I believe it. I, I believe it's similar. Um, but all of you should look into what Dixie Decker does. Uh, I forget what the name of her course is. It's, I think it's called Student Housing, and I'm. Uh, again, don't quote me on it, uh, but I suspect that she's getting private money to buy these properties that she's fixing up, and then she's renting rooms out to college students at the local college campus that she's by, and tripling and quadrupling and quintupling the amount of income she can get on the on the properties. So there is a school of thought to put private money on on homes and then either rent or lease option the, the homes out. And if your private money lender is, is okay with that, uh, then, and you're okay with that, then I'm okay with that. Um, wh- where my head goes is I personally, and I'll keep in mind, I, the paradigm that I'm operating from, the lens through which I view the world is shaded heavily by being out here in, in Nevada and being reminded of how quickly properties can go way up in value and down in value and and I just get a little bit reluctant of using private lenders' money, um, you know, for long-term hold when there's a ton of properties where I can just take over somebody's existing mortgage or wrap their mortgage, and they full well know um, that, um, you know, that I'm not that I'm not coming in and paying off the loan until uh, my buyer refinances it off. So um, I prefer to do it that way, but it's a personal decision. And okay, well, I just don't want Ron to make an example of me when I show up or something, you know, so. <laughs> well, it, listen, uh, he, ha- he, has a, he has a great way of, um, of 
having fun at at your expense. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> but um, but uh, no, I love him to death, as as I mentioned. So I wouldn't worry about Ron making fun of you. I would worry about your money and your private lender's money, and just making sure you're doing the right thing. But if you're getting into these things cheap enough, you can definitely do that and make a good model out of it, and you'll be able to buy a whole lot more homes. Uh, as well because you don't have to depend on somebody to leave a loan in their name. But I'm just telling you, people overemphasize how difficult that is. Um, it's really not difficult. And proof of that, is, I mean, you still have to make calls, but proof of that is, is that people lease their house all the time and the loan stays in their name. Now, it's true that they've transferred the deed over uh, to you in an owner finance deal and their name stays on the loan so it can make somebody a little bit less comfortable. But you know, one of the things that I do and that's never had to have been enforced, uh, but it can ease the burden, uh, ease the anxiety, I mean, of your sellers to say, look, if you're really gonna stay up at night because you're worried that I'm not gonna pay, well, and you're in Texas, by the way, so actually, you, yeah, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even actually do it. Um, you know, where, where you lease somebody's house, you would always own or finance it out there um, before you lease option it up because you got to own it. But sure. um, I, I tend to offer, because I know that I'm not going to go sideways on anybody, that, look, if, if you're really that concerned, I'll quit claim a deed back to you, put it in escrow with your attorney's escrow, and it'll say, the escrow instructions will say, if I miss any payment, that you immediately get the house back. Now, do I really want to do that? No. And do I am I reluctant to be telling all of you to do that? Yes. But it is a way to ease the anxiety of sellers who don't want their name to stay on the loan. But it's a last-ditch effort if you really find a great deal where there's a lot of equity and the only concern they have is that uh, their name's going to remain on the loan while you lease optioned it out until your option uh, buy into the the until the buyer uh, who has the lease option to you uh, gets refinanced and, and takes them out, um, it, it's, it's a way to handle it. Okay. Well, I, this is the, you know, the, the point that I brought up originally isn't something I really want to make a business model out of. I guess I'm just kind of wondering if I can, if, it, if it's just too dumb to do to kind of fill in the, the gaps when I'm working for a better deal, if I, if I can get them down, like I say, what well, I mean, I'm currently like say I'm one, you know, the, Got three hundred and thirty thousand dollar house. It's a two thousand thirteen home. Uh, just you know, it was a builder issue, and um, you know I can get it for about one ninety five maybe. And the normal formula would say I need to pay no more than one eighty. And uh, oh, so I'm I, fine with that. I, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I cheat every now and then myself, right? Because that formula, by the way, builds in a twenty percent. Um, uh, profit. So on 330, you're supposed to make what would that be? Six sixty-six grand. Sixty-six. Yeah. So if you get if 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 you fudge the formula a little bit and you make only 15% on it, I mean, wh where are you at? You're at almost 50 grand, aren't you? Well, yeah. I mean, so it, it'd still be a number I'm pretty happy with, even if I totally underestimated totally. repairs by five grand or ten grand. Listen, I, I I'd be lying if I said I didn't cheat on that formula. The only time I do it though is when I'm very confident of the after repaired value and the hotness, if you will, of the market, and when I'm very confident on my repair estimate because you're, you're giving up the ability to uh, make mistakes. 
and mistakes do happen. Right. I bought a house one time that you know I looked at and and the two by fours were all crooked and everything, and I thought you know I thought we could kind of jack it up and fix it, and so did the contractor. Uh uh, big foundation issues, and you know it was about an extra twenty grand of of rehab. Still squeaked out a couple thousand dollars because I I stayed true to the formula of you know. 70% less repairs, but I had to give up, you know, a lot of the profit because of that mistake. And, you know, I don't want people on this call who are, you know, possibly newer to start fudging unless you're capable of, you know, you know, potentially making very little money for, you know, the three or four months you have to put in to, to a, re, a, re, a retail rehab. Right, right. Okay, good. Well, I sure appreciate your input. Thank you. Yep, my pleasure. Take care, Roger. Thank you, Daniel. Okay, so now we uh, do we have another Buffalo caller on? Seven one seven area code. No, no this is uh, Heath from Pennsylvania. Oh, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. It's actually. Yeah, geez, I, it's amazing to me because I I feel like other than Roger, who I just spoke with, I I think I've spoken with you too. Yeah, it's a couple of degrees warmer here. It's about eighteen degrees in Buffalo, so it's a heat wave. Okay, so uh, what's on your mind? I have a question about um, sandwich leases and lease options. When you're going to a simultaneous closing with uh, a seller and a buyer that you're bringing in, you know, I had a situation where people were looking at potentially what I'm going to make, and then they want to back out of the deal. I had a deal looking to do a few weeks ago where I would have made about twenty five thousand, and the couple was looking at well. Now they can go out and find their own option buyers and make their own money versus, you know, letting me do it. You know, when I worked in a deal where they could make more money even after I saved them a 12% or 6% commission for their realtors. And my question is how do you keep them at a simultaneous closing to know what you're making so they don't bulk, uh, bulk or back out at the last minute? You know what I mean? Well, in a simultaneous closing, they, they don't know uh, and they don't really have much control. You have a contract on it, right? So right. yeah. the only time they find out if, is if you are going to, um, and, and it wouldn't even be, is if you're dealing with an assignment, but you're talking about simultaneously closing. So I'm not sure why they would find out until after the fact. Yeah, yeah, because I guess when they start looking at, you know, the money that they're giving up when you're first, when you're negotiating on the sale price, they start to look at, well, I can do this now all of a sudden, which is well. Yeah, okay, but what, but what about the fact that you have an option on it? How do they how do they get you out of the picture? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, if you only have like a ninety day option, I guess what they start. Oh, okay. Numbers, so you, are you okay? You're not talking about a sandwich lease then, where you're simultaneously closing. You're talking. Right. Yeah, I, I'm just getting a point where like. Well, that that stuck, that comes down you know, to your conversation on the front end, and your conversation is, look, what's the least you'll take and be happy? Right. You, you understand that. The way I'm going to make money is not from you, but from somebody uh, else, and my time is worth something. I'm going to try to get as much as I can over and above it. I don't know if I will, but if I do, that's mine, isn't it? That's fair, right? right. And I usually set that expectation right on the front end. Yeah, and that's what I did. In case of point, the property was 200. I convinced them to to take around 195. I'm gonna um, minus, let's say six percent of 200,000 is like uh, 12,000, so that puts them at 188. I said I can give you 195. I had a buyer at for 220. <laughs> you know. Well, so so how do they was. prevent that from closing unless that buyer uh, fails to perform within the escrow period that you have? 
Well, I guess what happened is initially when I started trying to get them to sign the contract, you know, they asked me how I make my money. I explained to him just like you did that, look, I'm going to go out and find a buyer to get above and beyond what I'm paying you, and that's how I get paid. And I guess their wheels started turning, and, you know, boom, next thing you know, they're, they're not wanting to sign, you know. So I was just trying the to – buyer's you know, realtor and attorney? Say again? The buyer's realtor and attorney? No, no, I was just at their house trying to get them to sign the first contract so that I could go out and option it later. I hadn't even got to that point yet. Right. You know, I, well, I, I met them at their house, and, and once they see the potential, you know, once I explain them how I get paid, now they're figuring, okay, well, we can do it ourselves. You know, that's my whole point. Like, how do you keep them from, number one, wanting to do what you're doing or balking at on the fact that you're going to make $25,000? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to have the conversation on the front end and your, and your agreement. Sure. Your agreement prevents it. And as long as you have your buyer lined up, then uh, they can't really stop it. Right. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, they can, I suppose, but, it, it, you know, you could make life difficult for them. Right, yeah. I, I was just trying to cover all the bases when they start asking the questions because inevitably greed turns people, you know, it turns them all of a sudden. It can, it can. But I'd rather you go out and, and uh, you know, get 10 of those deals and have a couple of them uh, go south. Then, then worry about it. Absolutely. I agree. Sounds good. Thank you for your time. I don't want to hold up anybody on the call. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Have a, a, a great week. I'll talk to you later. You too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yep. Sure. Bye. So uh, this is a Chicago Suburban number because I recognize the 847. It says double, double R. So who am I speaking with? This is Susan Ross in Chicago. Hey, Susan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's on your mind? Um, I have a potential lease option, and the seller's not real, doesn't seem to be real interested in the lease option, so I was going to maybe look for some private money, but I've been listening to what you've been saying, and I don't think there's enough money in it to get a private lender. So I don't know how much money I should be able – so it should be like – it should still be 70% even though it's a pretty no. house? No. I, that formula, just to be clear, is only for ugly houses. Well, it can be, it can be for any house, pretty houses too. But uh, that, those are for houses that you're essentially going to flip something that you're going to uh, buy or get under contract quickly, and then you're going to uh, either wholesale it out or retail it out. Th that formula does not apply to lease option and owner financing. On lease options and owner financing, you know, we, can, we can go all the way up above the appraised value and still make money on it, as long as the rental amount. Right. Uh, right. So, uh, and you don't need private money for those deals. You just need a seller that's willing to take monthly payments for a period of time, until you get it cashed out mm -hmm. at a time to be determined okay. by you and the seller. Okay. So what I would say is, yeah, go out and get those, those lease options. It's actually a great business in Chicago. What suburb are you in, by the way? I'm assuming suburban because of the area code. Right, Wheaton. Oh, you're out in Wheaton. Okay. Are you in Jane Garvey's mm -hmm. RIA by chance? Yes, sir. 
She's fantastic. Love her. Got my start uh, at her Rhea. Uh, I think uh, this goes back to about, oh, man, it goes way back to maybe 92. Was it 92? Something like that. But uh, they used to meet at the Holiday Inn there off of 290, which I don't even think is there anymore. It might be a different hotel now. But uh, but anyway, yeah. That's a, and actually, the, the example that I gave of selling that uh, that property that's worth over a million in Chicago now, I did that at Jane's Rhea. Oh, cool. She'll remember. She'll remember. You know, I, I, never, really, I never really thought about that, uh, about selling the property at the Rhea. Well, she, she as most Rhea um, uh, presidents will do, is they usually let the club members get up and talk about whatever they have going on or whatever they're selling for a few minutes. And uh, that's what I used to do. She they do, to, yeah. but I just never thought of it. <laughs> well, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Listen, okay. those, especially in an area like Chicago, uh, when you go get one of these lease options under contract, I want you to go to that meeting and I want you to say, listen, uh, this may not be uh, an investor deal, but for those of you who are looking to buy your own home and you just don't have the credit to get a loan, I've got a great property for you. I just need you to have a down payment and be able to afford this monthly payment, and then we'll work with you over time to, uh, to, to get you financed so that you can exercise your option. And I'm telling you, you'll sell properties there. There are a ton of people there that are just looking for a creative way to buy a home, and that is a very big real. The last time I went, there were hundreds of people there. Yeah. By the big. way, when I say RIA, I don't know if everyone knows what I mean. It's an acronym for Real Estate Investor Association. So, all right. Well, well thank you. Dude. Thank you very much. Yep, my pleasure. You have a wonderful evening, and I will talk to you again soon, I hope. Okay, thanks. Great. So, listen, everybody, we have uh, quite a few callers who kind of came in on the back here. So, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I still have seven um, uh, Q&A calls to go through, so I'm going to uh, ask that nobody else uh, pop into the queue here. I will uh, break my promise and go, and go beyond the 8 Eastern uh, time so I can get to everybody, but I'm probably going to answer the questions just a little bit more quickly, and uh, hopefully uh, nobody's put off by that, uh, but otherwise we'll be on here all night. So uh, let me go ahead and take our next caller, which is a 731 area code. Who's uh, 731? That would be me, Terry. Hey, uh, Terry, how are you? Hey, doing real good here in Big Sandy, Tennessee. Joel, how are you? Awesome. Love Tennessee, one of my favorite places. So what's going on? <laughs> well, I've got three questions, and I don't know if uh, you can answer them quickly, but I'll just go ahead and pop one to you and see what you pop, think. Pop all three of them to me, and let me see if I can knock them all out. Well, they're completely unrelated. <laughs> I'll find a way to juxtapose. Okay. Uh, I'm going to test you. All right. All right. Here's I, a, I aim to please. <laughs> on wholesaling, should you not use an option to buy on a wholesale getting under contract deal uh, rather than the standard lease purchase just because of uh, the things that you can run into when you actually have it under contract to buy rather than option to buy? Okay, I got it. What's your second question? Second question, I've never used a computer, only a smartphone. I'm, I'm computer illiterate, and I, I can see all sorts of roadblocks uh, that I'm going to run into, and maybe your suggestions on the best way to overcome those. I don't even know what kind of equipment I need to be able to explore 
like county records and things like that that you may not be able to do from a smartphone properly, uh, you know, to do my research and, you know, going on websites and different things. Uh, I know I'll be using the Dreams site at some point, and uh, uh-huh. I understand it's smartphone capable, but uh, once again, I can see roadblocks uh, that uh, maybe uh, you folks that have used computers more uh, just really don't think about. And uh, it's the only roadblock I have. I, I've been listening to hundreds of hours of videos and have got both the Pretty House and the uh, Ugly House courses. And uh, I grasp all concepts. Uh, my aptitude is very good, but I just have no experience with computers don't even understand some of the commands and tools that are available with that kind of stuff. See how unrelated these questions are? <laughs> well, well, what's your name again, sir? Kerry Adams. Kerry, that's right. Okay. All right, Kerry, what's your third question? Third question. If you have lead sheets missing critical info, what is the next best step to having the sheet completed before you basically beg off the call? Let's say a beginner like me, I'm going to need time to think about how to properly structure the deal or two or three different deal options for somebody, and I can't just uh, imagine myself taking somebody's mortgage information that they happen to throw at me right now for, let's say, a check back on that lead sheet, and then structure a deal right there and then. You know, I have to wrap my mind around it a little bit until I get some experience. So, what's the best way to get those questions answered and then basically get off the call so you can have a little time to think about the deal you're going to structure? All right, all right. Well, let me knock these out for you, Kerry. All right. First of all. Your question was regarding wholesaling. Should you use a straight option or should you use a purchase and sale agreement? The answer Provided is, your state allows straight options. What's that? Provided that your state allows straight options. I still haven't right, talked to a right, real exactly. estate attorney about how it's properly done in this area because I'm not ready. Well, I, I'm an advocate for never doing that, to be honest with you. There's no reason you can't just use a purchase and sale agreement on everything. Your statement that things can go wrong nothing's going to go wrong because you don't have any earnest money up except for maybe $10 or $100 if it's a high-end home. Oh, 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 I understand where you're coming from, but I'm talking about on the seller's end, uh, you know, I'm basically with wholesaling. No, you, well, yeah, on the seller's end, you have to tell the seller. You, I want to make something clear to everybody. We, we aren't pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. We, we're going to be completely transparent with what we're going to do. So, so that conversation is, what's the lowest you can go? What? Is that the best you can do? Are you telling me that if I can't get you every penny of that, you, we can't do business? And you get it to as low as you can, and then you say, and, and if it's not good enough, that's where we get into our option or, the, uh, where, or say, look, let's write it up with your terms, but I'm going to tell you right now that I'm not closing on this thing within seven to ten days like I would if you gave me a better, a better deal here. I don't know how the market's going to respond. I think you might be you know, at the top of the market, but I might be wrong. So let's go ahead and put it under contract with your terms. I'll spend my money, my time, my energy, my resources going out to locate my buyer first so that I'm confident in buying your home from you at, at this ridiculous price that you're giving me. <laughs> but, uh, but I will do that. And you won't have anything to lose but a little bit of time. And if the market speaks and I can, and I can get more than it because that's how I make my money, uh, then I'll close on your house. If, if not, then uh, I'll bring to you what I have and we can renegotiate. Is that fair? And, and then, 
you, you've been totally upfront with them and then you write up the purchase and sale agreement, you've got, now got an asset and you go out and try to get what you can from the market and hopefully it's more, most of the time it just requires a restructuring with the seller. So, so the answer to the question is be straight up with everybody and, and I, I use a purchase and sale agreement uh, to solidify it. So, okay, well, just to, just to uh, reiterate, uh, rather, uh, to just let you know that I, uh, I have that concept firmly ingrained into my cycle. I, I plan on telling them exactly what I plan on doing so I can overcome a lot of the objections that they have, like some of the previous callers have, uh, have addressed. Uh, so Great. certainly uh, you would want to do that. I was just wondering if there's like the recriminations of any uh, plans that they make with the property once you get it under under a contract uh, to buy rather than option if it can no, cause big problems with the It's the same the sellers, thing. It's you just know, you're uh, using a stronger form that you're really going to buy it. And, and okay. you are going to buy it. I, you're not selling it for them. You're going to buy it. And your intention is to buy it. But you don't want to exactly. buy it until you've located someone who will give you more because you think that this price is too high. Uh, there's no brokering. There's no, uh, you know, that's not what you're doing. You're buying it. You just need time to locate the person who's going to fund your deal, which is your owner-occupant. And you've got to be clear on that. Now, to your second question, Carrie, listen, man, you've got to learn how to use a computer, okay? You do not want to go back to the, to the day and age uh, where we didn't have computers. It'll make your life hell. Uh, it not, doesn't take that long to learn. Uh, you can go online. I'm sure you know how to go online and take some PC classes. Just get, you know, go to Best Buy or whatever and just get a basic computer and learn, learn how to use one, learn how to use email, uh, learn how to surf the internet. All this stuff can be accomplished very, very quickly. Um, I mean, you can get some college kid or some high school kid, you know, pay him to come and, you know, teach you some stuff. But you gotta learn to use a computer because I just wouldn't even wanna think about doing this business the way we used to do it, where we didn't have the benefit of a computer to do your, com your comparisons. And uh, it's just so much easier. So there's not Certainly, much I can yeah. say so on that. That's kind of obvious. You already that. knew that before you asked me that I was going to beat up yeah, on Yeah, I figured I knew the answer to the question. I was just hoping you guys would have to have something easier to suggest rather than me going on a second vertical learning curve simultaneously trying to get started. Uh, that's the only that, thing that, there, that uh, vertical but I know that's really the answer. extremely quickly, especially if you're already using a smartphone. But believe me, it's yeah, I mean, not going to be difficult I'm the best, for you. And you've already said you have a good aptitude. So the fact that you have good aptitude makes me very confident that you'll learn how to do it. Now, oh, yeah. your third question, dealing with the, the lead sheets and your reluctance to ask for the mortgage information. Um, no reluctance there, Joel. Uh, just to reiterate, uh, it's actually, um, okay, let's say the VA calls uh, for a lead sheet info and they're not going to tell the VA certain aspects that the principal they may tell to. So I get in there and I call back uh, uh, and basically contact him and say, okay, well, this is a guy you know that's going to be uh, looking at doing this deal. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is when once you ask them for that information, if they give it to you, I can't just come up with a formula for you know not figuring yet, out you the deal not off yet, the top you of my head. Carry, not yet, maybe, but you will. And oh, and I understand, I, but I won't be able to in the beginning. Well, listen, the first time you went up to hit a baseball, you probably didn't hit a home run. 
So it's like it's any it's 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 a skill and a competency that is developed through practice, and it's developed through practice uh, in the sense of re-listening to the terms system. You, hopefully, you have the terms system or have been to Quick Start. Um, listen, I didn't go to Quick Start one time and become an expert. I've gone to Quick Start several times. Jay Connor, who some of you may know, went to Quick Start. I mean, it was in the teens the amount of times that he went to Quick Start before things started to really kick in for him. You, you, re repetition, what's the saying? The repetition's the mother of mastery. You just have to listen, 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 and these concepts will crystallize. And once you've talked to 100 sellers, you'll realize that their objections, their questions are, are pretty much the same, and you'll get good at, at answering them. Um, the bottom line is that you need to know the mortgage balance so you can determine what kind of deal to offer but all deals are the same in the pretty house business it's as simple as this will you take monthly payments for a period of time in exchange for what I'm giving you which is full price on your house you're getting a great price on this house that's not dialed down by realtor commissions that's not dialed down by inspection contingencies and the headaches and the concessions that can come from that I'll insulate you from all of that and give you the price that you want. It's more than, a, frankly, I want to pay. But I'll get you that price because I want you to make one compromise, and that's to have a little bit of patience. Let me make you monthly payments, which means you're even getting more money than this price for a period of time so that I can get my buyer qualified for a loan that takes you out of the picture at this inordinately high price. I'll make my money from the buyer because they're going to pay me a premium because I'm taking the time to escort them through the loan process and get them a beautiful house like yours. I'll make my money on that premium. But I'll get you your price. I just need you to take monthly payments. Will you do that? That's the wrap on every deal. Every deal. They got to take monthly payments or you're bye-bye. Or, um, or, or you do what we talked about in the, in the beginning and you just get a straight up option on it and you, know, you can see what the market brings. But generally I want somebody who's willing to uh, take monthly payments. So, all right, Carrie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to move on just because I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, we still got a lot of folks. So uh, hopefully, that's, uh, uh, I, hopefully I did an okay job at answering your three questions. Yo, man, you did very well. Uh, and I sure appreciate your uh, time and your patience. My pleasure, Kerry. I hope to meet you sometime soon. Quick start. Yep, take care. Okay, so next we've got someone from 646. Who's in the 646 area code? Uh, New York, Joe. Oh, New York. I knew that. That's right. Who's this? Uh, Mark Fisher. Hey, is it Mark, did you say? Yes. Okay, Mark, what can I do for you? Joe, on the... Um, on the uh, lease option or the option, the non-refundable deposit, mm -hmm. does, that, does, this, does the buyer write you out a personal check for that option, or is that included once you close? I try to get it up front with the application. There's an agreement called the, the magic agreement, which allows you to take their option deposit, uh, do your due diligence on them, and uh, and then close it later. But I try to get the application deposit to match what they're putting down. Now you're not always going to be able to do that. Uh, you know, I did a high-end house recently, 
where the option deposit was $100,000. So if the guy didn't give me $100,000 as an application fee. Um, but yeah, you can, I, you know, personal check, I don't know if you have a corporation or an entity set up yet, but uh, that's easy to do. And they can, they can make that out to your, to your corporation. And, um, and then you can determine what you're going to do from there. Um, but it should be at least a decent portion of what the actual uh, closing non-refundable deposit is. I tried to get it all. There's no reason not to. Okay, I got it. Right quick, Joe, I won't be able to make the upcoming event, but can I fax in uh, my lead sheets that I do on my own and put my name on those sheets so they can be worked on? When you say upcoming event, are you talking about the uh, the Florida uh, convention? Yeah, will they be doing lead sheets in that convention? They will, but I think I think they generally want you to uh, be involved in the convention at some at some point, so that if they get a deal, they can talk to the principal of the deal, which is you. Um, so what I would have you do is call Global and find out a way where you can work something out on that. Worst case scenario. We do have these calls, and you can fax these. You can fax these lead sheets in uh, to Global for these calls. People tend to not do that. I've done a couple of these calls now, and I don't get lead sheets from people. And it would be good to get them because I can. I can say, hey, Mark, here's what they owe. Here's what the after repaired value is. Here's what the, you know they're saying their monthly payment is, and here's how you should structure the deal. Um, so yeah, you can definitely use this outlet. And I, I believe there's probably a way for you to have those deals worked on at the, at the event as well. So I would, uh, I would call Global and see what they say. I don't actually work for Global. Um, you know, I do this as a favor to Global and, and, and to Ron. Um, I, you know, I, I do some mentoring for, for them, but uh, I, I don't know exactly what that policy is. So call Global on that, Mark. I appreciate you. Yep, thanks, man. Have a great evening. Okay, so let me go ahead and click into 716, and who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Yes, hi. Uh, my name is Stan. And uh, I'm, I'm also I'm from I'm sorry about that. I, my earpiece fell out. Did, what did you say your name was? My name is Stan, Stanley, and I'm also from New York. Oh, okay. Hey, Stan, how's it going? Not bad, a little bit cold, but <laughs> it is what it is. I don't so, know how you guys are living my... out there, but let, 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 me, let, me, uh, let me hear your question. I'll tell you one thing. We're all in the back of our mind probably thinking about moving somewhere warm. That's for sure. You know, people have the option to do it, so I don't know what the love affair is with freezing for six months of the year, but I can't talk. I did it for probably 30 years of my life in Chicago. Okay. Yep, you're absolutely right. Anyways, uh, here's the question. Uh, my buyer that I found, uh, he's buying my house, but right now they want early occupancy. Okay, so what are the pitfalls and how to avoid them? And if we have good early occupancy agreement handy on a gold website? Yeah, uh, what I would do, especially being in New York, you, you have an attorney closing this buyer for you, don't you? Yes, absolutely. It's a requirement in New York State. Okay. And you have um, a big down payment coming from them? 
or is it is it a loan that's coming in to, to, to buy the property from no, you? no this is this is straight buy with the conventional loan so there will be no down payment or non-refundable option deposits it's just a simple it's straight. A str okay mm -hmm. they want you know that it's it scares me a little bit uh, to give someone early occupancy because what if their loan mm -hmm. falls through and exactly uh, they're living there and you have to evict and then they're like, well, you can go ahead and evict, but I don't know if you're going to have a refrigerator or a stove or cabinets or plumbing. Yep. So you choose yep. your course. Yep. And I, listen, I'm telling you, man, I'm from the south side of Chicago. There's a lot of jokers and players out there. You know, you got to be careful mm -hmm. with that. If there's no, you know, you got, you just got to say, hey, listen, get, get, get your bank to close the loan more quickly. You know, or if you, you know, if you really want to uh, preserve this deal. You know, you could go at risk in a much less risky way, and um, I mean, I don't want to get you know crazy creative here, but I mean, you know, if you're confident that this thing's going to close, and it's because they're you know maybe their lease is up on something else, or they can't close in time, you know, they're going to have to stay in a hotel or something until this thing closes. I don't think I'd let them in, but you could work out an agreement to maybe comp them on that because you're getting a good price from them or something along those lines. You know, I might be willing to do unfortunately, that. Yeah, unfortunately, none of those is 100% correct. It's not a best price. Um, so far, that's my one of the very few buyers. So, I mean, I have to risk it, but I don't want to risk it. <laughs> that's why I was asking, maybe we have something in place uh, if someone already went through this problem. But well, looks like I'm going to be a all the time. I, uh, You know, that, that request is made very, very frequently. My personal policy is you get occupancy when you close. And if you want me to bend over backwards, show me some money so that I can feel comfortable sleeping at night that I'm going to get my house back if something goes wrong with your loan or you. Okay. Understood. Brutal, Thank you so much. brutal fact. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And don't be so no money. losing them. If you don't have such a great premium deal here, there's no reason you can't sell it to someone else. Okay. I got so, it. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I wouldn't give them early occupancy uh, without money. You know, unless they have an, another asset, like you know, maybe they maybe they deed a car to you, and when the, and when their loan closes, you can deed the car back to them. Maybe they have a motorcycle. Maybe they have a motorhome. Maybe they have a jet ski. Uh, I mean, I've taken all kinds of crazy stuff to increase people's down payments before. Never on an early occupancy deal, but you could do that. You know, they well, I can just ask them some money up front to put it as a security oh, well, yeah, that's, that's like that. ideal but but if they had money up front you think they'd put they'd use it for a down payment maybe but you know you could get some money up front but you know you got to think of it in terms of if the house doesn't close or the loan doesn't close do you want them in your house for the two thousand dollars they gave you and then end up having to evict them because you're going to lose in that situation yep okay so, Anyway, you're thinking about this correctly, and it's a good question, and I'm glad you brought it to us. So uh, yep. you know, let me know later how things go with that. Absolutely, Joel. Thank you so much, and hopefully I'll see you on this upcoming uh, summit. That would be great. Great place. I've been there. Yep, I've been there last year, and definitely we're going to go again. Excellent. I look forward to seeing you. Stop me in the hallway and maybe mm -hmm. uh, say hi or get a cocktail or something. Absolutely. I'll talk All right, to you man. Later. Have a good night. Same to you. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, so now we've got, uh, geez, I don't want to uh, butcher the pronunciation, but somebody from the 201 area code. 
I want to say that's yes. Pennsylvania, but I might be wrong. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm calling from Texas. I'm Rahul. Oh, okay. Uh, Rahul. Yes. Did I get it right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. What's going on yes. with you, Rahul? Yeah, I just have a question about a deal um, that I'm working on currently. And uh, I just want to see how what your thoughts are. Uh, did you say with, with a VA loan or did you say with a virtual assistant? Uh, no, no. Uh, this, is a, this is a deal I'm working on currently. Oh. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, this, this house is, uh, is for sale at, uh, you know, at 647000 Mm-hmm. And uh, its uh, comp is, is, is around like 760000 760000 okay. And it's a, it's a pretty house, so yeah, probably so. needs a... Uh, uh, just needs a roof uh, needs to be replaced and just a little bit of deep cleaning but uh, I looked at the house it's very nice it's in excellent condition um, and my question is uh, I know based on the based on the Ron's formula it doesn't fall into it but there is a, enough spread uh, for me to get involved in it well, it'll be a personal decision. There's probably not, a, there's, you know, there's not enough spread to meet the formula to buy it for, for all cash or to put a private loan on it um, because it's too high of, uh, of what would be a loan-to-value ratio. But that doesn't mean that you, you, know, you can't buy it. Um, the guy's selling it for 647. What's the mortgage balance? Uh, it, it, it's actually, they want me to close on the property. Um, because uh, I'm sure uh, they do, but you you got to tell them. You know, if you want me to to close on it and and cash the whole thing out, we need to head south on the price because I can buy seven hundred sixty thousand dollar properties all day from banks who have foreclosed at seventy cents on the dollar, and I don't want to insult you with an offer like that unless you're willing to take it. Are you willing to take an offer that low, or do you want to talk to me about a way that I can get you more money? Okay. Okay, so so you got you got to be upfront with them on that, and and if they won't, then it's some you know there's there's an old saying some will some won't so what next somebody's waiting, and you you, okay. you move on down the road. But what I would do because there's equity in this one, if okay. you can't get them to take monthly payments, that's what I'd like you to try. But if you can't get them to take monthly payments in the way that we described earlier, then I would I I would tell them hey look what's holding this home back is the roof and some cosmetics. I think I have a market of people that will be willing to deal with the roof and these cosmetic repairs. I don't want to pay 647. What is the least you will take on this house for me to cash you out and you can move on with your life? And negotiate it. Let's and whatever you can get them down to, tell them, let's write up a purchase and sale agreement for that. Because of the roof situation and some of this cosmetic stuff, I just want a little bit more time to close. Normally, you, you, you're going to have a 30-day close. I want you to give me 90 days, an extra 60 days. Uh, when I find my buyer, I will close on this. Okay. And if I don't, then, you'll, you know, then we'll either go on our merry way or we can decide what to do next. But I will be marketing this thing as aggressively as you have ever seen to, to my market of buyers. I'll spend my time, my money, my resources, my energy to locate my buyer because I don't want to work for free for the next 90 days. And my money will come from what I get over and above yours and my price from the buyer. 
Fair enough? Yeah, yeah. And then have uh, that conversation with them and get it under contract and go do exactly that. Sure, sure. So if I if I say if I get it around like six six ten, uh, would that be would that be a good spread? Yeah, to be honest with you, six forty seven is fine. Se, you know, oh. seven hundred is fine. On on what, what what do you have at risk? Go ahead and get a contract for whatever the lowest they'll take is, and just make sure you're up front with them and level with them. That look, the lower the price you you give me, the quicker I'm going to get this thing sold and get you cashed out. So let's not monkey around here with the price. What will you take? What's the lowest you can take? Don't make it difficult on, on me, which is going to make it difficult on you. And if the guy says, well, $700, you are telling me the ARV is $760. That's the beautiful uh-huh. thing about high-end homes. You know, we talked to somebody earlier who had a, a $75,000 home trying to make fifteen grand. Well, on $700 against a $760 ARV, You've got four times the value of her deal, and you're going you're gonna to end up doing less work than her. That's why I talked her out of doing that $75,000 golden turd. But at sure. $760, that's not a golden turd. Go get a contract for the lowest you can, get agreement to put it in the MLS, and, and see if you can attract somebody who's willing to deal with that roof and those cleaning issues, and, um, and maybe you get it sold for over and above that. Okay. Got it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, very good, Rahul. Well, uh, hopefully, I'll see you out in Florida. Um, yeah. If so, then uh, come by, say hello. Definitely, Abu. Thank you. Okay. Take care, Rahul. Okay. We've got, uh, I believe this is a Florida, I want to say Florida, 727. It's either Florida or California. Uh, yeah, who, it's, uh, yeah, it's Matt uh, with Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Hey, uh, so just got two under contract. So one actually expired today, and then the second one I'm trying to move. Um, It's an R of like 235. It's moving ready. Needs no work. Okay. And I got it under for 200. So I'm just trying to find a buyer and figure out the best way to go about doing that. Oh, this is one that you're going to wholesale. You're saying? Yeah. Or, or, or it's not. You're not lease optioning it or anything like that. You've got to close for 200 in how many days? Uh, I have like a week left. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I, I can probably get them to uh, possibly push it out a little bit further, but. Yeah, I think uh, you need to. I think you need to. The, um, it's funny because this, this call, there's so many people wholesaling and, and retailing. We haven't had a lot of terms uh, questions, but yeah, man, I mean, you're, you're, you know, I can't say much different to you than what I've said to everyone else. You want to, on these kinds of deals, you want to get as long of an escrow period as possible uh, so that you have time to go get that little itty-bitty spread that's on top of the 200 there. And uh, the best way that I have found to do that is to go out to these RIA meetings and try to sell it um, and to use MLS. So when I say use MLS, what I'm talking about is a flat fee listing Get the seller's agreement. Say, look, I, I have my own market of buyers, but I want you to, uh, I want to turn over every stone so that I can get more than 200 on this, and I know how to use the MLS. I want to put your property in the MLS. I just need your permission, and uh, it won't cost you anything. You still get every bit of 200 when we close, if we close, uh, but that'll enable me to attract different types of buyers who have creative needs that I can um, deal with. And, and then flat fee listed, it'll cost you three, four, five hundred dollars $500, although I don't know if I want you doing that with such a piddly little spread here. But, um, 
you know, for the benefit of the larger group, uh, you could put these things in there, flat fee list it, and take the calls and maybe get somebody to give you, you know, uh, 220 or whatever. And, you know, depending on what your commission that you put out there is, two, three points, there's still a little bit of money in it for you. Okay. Is this stuff that you can like work with on a realtor to where they could list it and then you could basically, you know, cut them, hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks after it closes or something? They're going to have to agree to that. The, the flat fee listing is, is better because somebody who's going to buy it for 235 all cash and close, you know, with either cash, or, uh, you know, out of their account or from the proceeds of a new loan is generally going to have a realtor. So you've got to give that realtor some points. You know, yeah. and usually it's two or three uh, points. So you get to choose that co-op commission and put that in on the flat fee listing, but you don't have to pay the listing agent anything more than a few hundred dollars. Okay. Cool. Um, cool. Just have one other one other quick question. It was just a matter of getting good prices on properties. Um, I know. Rob you mean good comps? About, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, good good comps. I know he mentions real estate ABC. Are there any other resources you guys use? Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, real estate ABC, which you know I know Ron likes a lot. Um, you know, there's Zillow, there's ePraisal, um, and what's the uh, other one? I can't think of what the other one is called, but that's just a basic guide. Here's the way you should do comps. It doesn't take that much longer to do, okay? Put yourself in the mind's eye uh, of a uh, preferably a female buyer because they they tend to make the decisions on what house gets bought. You know, you know would would my wife like this house? Um, which house would she like the best out of these six that recently sold next to my subject property? And actually look at those recent sales. Look at the pictures; they're all online. Look at the competitive homes that are on the market and put all those metrics into your brain and use your brain to actually figure out what you think the real larva is. Because these algorithms, especially the Zillow's estimate, tends to be very zoptimistic, if you will. <laughs> and you can get yourself into some trouble. Um, I, I had a estimate on one at 685 and luckily I did my due diligence on it before buying it because uh, the highest offer I and I have it for sale right now. The highest offer I got on it was 540. So if I had used 685, that could have been a real problem. So you got to look at what has sold and compare it to the subject property and compare the houses that are for sale to the subject property and make it make it make a determination. Um, I've got one right now, another a cheapo one. That's uh, the estimate on it is I'm looking at it right now online. It's 190. There is no way in hell I'm getting 190 for that house. And, and I know that because I can look at the recent sales, 160, 165, and I'm thinking, well, why are they? Why do they have it up so high? And it's because the algorithm looks at a neighborhood and right across the street is like a gated community, and it's factoring in some of those sales in there that shouldn't really be factored in. So you do have to use a little bit of manual labor, so to speak, to, 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 to figure out what the real ARV is. And, I, and I'm an advocate for you doing that. Not before you call uh, a seller about a house, but you know, um, before you make the deal with the seller, actually do the real due diligence. Drive by these homes and, and, and make sure that you've got a good deal to offer into the market. Fair enough? 
yeah, yeah. That because that was the problem I was kind of having on two of the properties. Um, you know, I had like one was a quick close, and then this other one's you know pretty much like thirty days. Um, is I'm finding that it almost feels like it's more of a retail type deal. It's like you know I'm getting thirty five thousand into the equity, but it seems like no one wants to buy it. So just trying to make sure I'm putting good numbers behind it. Go get some more time on this, and let's see if you can generate something. Cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay, I've got one more caller, and I neglected to mention that I have a couple of uh, questions that came in via email, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take those last, so sorry about that. I probably should have done those ones first. <laughs> so if you're still on, I'm going to cover uh, one of these questions. Let me just actually tell you what they are since I have you guys on late here. Um, there's I'm a on. question that came in regarding VA loans, and this was the one... Uh, and then there was a question on marketing to pre-foreclosure. So I'm going to take those two uh, as the last ones. Uh, one was from Elisa and one was from Anthony. And I already talked to Andre who sent his questions in. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, hopefully Andre feels good. And um, I'll get to Anthony and Elisa after I take this call from 973. Where is 973 and who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? How you doing? This is Dayron. I'm calling from northern New Jersey, from Pathak, New Jersey. All right. What exit, Dayron? Exit 54. All right. Very good. So what's going on with you? What do you got? All right. So I have a potential deal, but this guy doesn't want to sign a contract to save his life, okay? But I just want you to hear the numbers and then give well, me your Well, why don't you just break his head New Jersey style? Oh, man, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you sign this contract or I'll break your head. <laughs> so listen to this, okay? Asking price is eight ninety eight. I did real estate ABC is $1.175 million, okay? okay. Um, and he still owes $563,000 on the home, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, what I was trying to do is I was trying to put him on the contract and – get uh try to get a, a lease option buyer to come in but of course he has his he has a uh, listings on uh home on owners.com and all this stuff so uh -huh. i was trying to i was trying to uh get it get him on the contract and get him to take everything off so i could go in and put my stuff on and you know he said if i bring in a buyer with cash or with at least ninety thousand dollars that then he'll you know sign a contract with me so well, uh He's just got it backwards, right? Because you're not, I, I'm assuming you're not a licensed real estate agent. No, I'm not. Right. So you, you can't do that legally. So you have to have equitable interest in the property and an intention to actually close on the property. So you can tell them, look, I want to be your buyer. I'm going to be your, your, your buyer here. So yeah. tell me what you'll sell it to me for and then give me enough time. I'm not going to occupy it. Somebody else is. But that's my mm -hmm. business. Uh, I'll make okay. my money from them. So what price can you give me here? What's the lowest you can go? And, you know, you could try to get the monthly payment since you're going to install a lease option buyer anyway. You should be able to get 100000 on this on a, on a $1.1 million property. Maybe you're selling it yep. for one two. You, you, you might be able to get 100 on it. But if he needs ninety, that where does that leave you? Yeah, that's what, that's what he wants. He said he wants at least 90 down. And, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking yeah. that's going to be hard to get because, you know. Me too. Me too. Yeah, so. The, the way these deals go, I don't fight with them too much. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll try to get them to go lower. 
and then I'll just say, look, this is a beautiful home and I might be able to get that, but I don't know for sure. I, and I don't want to go at risk giving you, you know, 90 grand in the next seven days. If you want to be real about the down payment, um, you know, I can close on this thing quickly and I can get you full price down the line. Mm -hmm. We'll put a balloon payment on there and I'll pay you in a couple of years, have it paid off. Um, but if you got to have that 90 down, let's just write it up your way. Let me go out to the market and see what the market says in the way that I've described for a couple other people here. And, um, and then when, you, when the buyer appears and the bird is in the hand, the seller's tune changes a lot about continuing to want to go after two in the bush. But you've got some okay. problems here that this guy doesn't really want to give you the opportunity to uh, tie up his home. Yeah, that's the problem. He says... He says if I get him a cash buyer, that he'll give me like a 2% finder's fee. That's fine. You just have to explain to him that, that you're not a realtor, but you'll market, you'll market it uh, in, in every single way that he's marketing it and more, mm -hmm. and you'll even get MLS exposure with, with his permission, and there's no reason for you two to be stepping all over each other, but it's either got to be you uh, having a contract to buy it, and then he uh, steps aside for a period of time. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do the deal. Plain and simple. Okay. All You're right. Nice I got it. And then you follow up got with them in a few weeks and say, how's it going, man? You like taking all these calls from these numb nuts who don't have any money? Welcome mm -hmm. to my world. Luckily, I have five people doing that for me, and we can create a lot more scale and volume of callers and potential buyers here. So why don't you let me take this thing over in the way that I, we described. Write up a contract and let me market for my buyer, and when my buyer comes, I'll buy it from you. Fair enough? Got it. And you just yes, got to keep, got let, let me tell you something. He's probably still going to be selling this thing in a month or two. And, you, and mm -hmm. so just a lot of these deals are done in the follow-up. So make sure you okay. follow up with them and uh, keep a good relationship. Yes, sir. All right. I got it. Thank you very All much. All right. Very good. Hey, have a, a great evening, and I will uh, catch up with you uh, maybe in Florida. If this deal gets done, I'm definitely going. All right. All right. Good, good. Stop me in the hall Thank and say you. hello. All right, all right. Thank um, you, okay, so I'm going to um, to not answer any more call-ins. There aren't any more uh, call-ins here, so I'm going to answer these questions that came in in writing. Uh, I don't know if there's a way for me to get a lease on the phone here. Let me look. Um, see if there's a trick. To locating a lease, not that I can see. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to kind of monologue this question here. Um, her question is, I heard on Ron's wholesale course that he said we cannot take houses in pre-foreclosure subject to the mortgage anymore. What can we do with pre-foreclosure houses now? Well, that's a good question, and it's going to vary state by state. There are definitely rules in place about uh, regulating what you might regulating predatory lending, foreclosure help services, and things of that nature. And going and trying to buy a house in pre-foreclosure uh, does have rules that differ from state to state. By pre-foreclosure, 
we need to know, are we talking about a notice of default has already been filed um, or is it even before that? So uh, if I had you on the phone, I'd ask you that. But if somebody has just missed a payment, um, I don't think there's any state that would have an issue with you going in there and trying to do a deal subject to. If somebody already has a notice of default, there are states that will forbid you from taking over a loan subject to the, the existing mortgage. Um, but if there's a notice of default, they're going to be at least three payments behind and you're going to have to come up with closing costs anyway to take it over subject to, which might price you out of the market. So the question of doing that almost doesn't matter except for the fact that if there's a lot of equity in there, it would make sense to do that sort of thing. So uh, the real question is how much, how much equity is in the home and at what and how far behind are they and, and, and then you can determine whether or not you're going to uh, buy the house using private money because there's a lot of equity. You can cure the default, pay off the underlying mortgage and come in and get it before the auction uh, vultures come in and, and buy it at the, at, at the steps of the courthouse. Uh, or if they're not at a notice of default stage or an imminent foreclosure or even, you know, pre-foreclosure as it's defined in your state, uh, you can still structure a deal with them. So uh, we use attorneys. The, the internet is a wonderful thing for doing research, but you got to be careful with the advice that you would get on the internet. Uh, I would talk to a local attorney um, or you know somebody who's actually knowledgeable uh, at a real estate investor association understand the, the rules surrounding that in your particular state. And I, I'm not uh, in Florida and don't know them, but I know that it's probably similar to Nevada where uh, what Ron has said is correct, that uh, pre-foreclosure, at least defined by a notice of default, uh, you, you got to uh, back away or do things in a, in a way where people get cashed out, including the bank and the seller. So, uh, Alicia, uh, send an email into Global um, if, uh, if you need any follow-up to that question and uh, uh, we'll get you squared away. Okay, so Anthony's question is this, and this will be the last question of the evening, folks. Sorry for going long. Hopefully you don't mind. Um, Anthony's question is, this is Anthony from Arkansas. I have two questions. <laughs> okay, so two questions. The notes for VA loans state that the loan cannot be assumed unless approved by the VA. An attorney advised me that this could create a problem is if a seller were to contest a subject to deal with me. Do you have any information on this topic? Well, as luck would have it, I do, and I'll answer it in a second. Let me read your second question. Also, local mortgage lenders have told me that they would not use a subject to or wraparound mortgage to offset debt for a seller who is looking to purchase another uh, home with a VA loan. They said they would only use a lease option. Is this maybe something that is particular to my area or is this something happening in other places? All right, let me go back to the first question which deals with what the VA loans state. So first of all, all loans originated from some kind of commercial lender have a due on sale option clause in them. I call it a due on sale option clause because the lender has the option to call the loan due should the deed transfer. Doesn't mean they will, but they have the right to do it. That's what that clause says. 
uh, in a VA loan, they go a step further, and I know this because I because I bought two of them uh, in the last several months, and I almost bought one, the one I was talking about at the beginning of the call on Sunday, but he uh, wasn't quite ready to do it yet, but he will be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So the uh, the actual paper, the actual uh, note. Um, uh, and mortgage, there is in big black bold capital writing, this loan is not assumable. And I think that's what uh, Anthony may be talking about. But the bottom line is that just because it's not assumable doesn't mean that the seller can't sell the loan subject to that mortgage and take the risk that the uh, underlying lender whoever servicing the VA loan would would call it due and you as the buyer um, you know take a little bit of a risk there too I haven't had a VA loan called due but you know they 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 make it very clear that they're against the uh, the, the they're against doing it but we have and you can get these on the gold club what Ron calls CYA letters there's disclosures and acknowledgments that your seller will sign that validate that they understand that this loan has a due on sale clause that it's not assumable and it can be called due if the lender chooses are you okay with us taking over your payments in the way that we've described and taking that risk and they initial and sign that uh, in several places in those forms uh, and if if there was a problem from the, the seller which is the second part of your question and contesting the subject to deal they're gonna to have to compel a judge that they had no idea what they were signing and you know you never know what a judge is gonna do so that's that's the risk that you take but you're in a whole lot better situation with the documents that uh, that, that we have in our file should something like that happen uh, and my experience is when you're straight up with people and you make those payments that they're wanting to get out from under and ultimately you get that lease option buyer that you'll probably put in there qualified for a loan to cash it out then um, uh, you, you, you uh, shouldn't have those problems so the second part of the question actually the third really is uh, Anthony asks about lenders saying that they wouldn't give credit to offset the debt so this is one of these things where what we tend to do now is instead of taking a property subject to the debt if especially if it's a VA loan you know you're dealing with a veteran someone that you want to help out they might want to buy a um, uh, another house and their debt to income ratio will be screwed up if they can't show income coming in to offset that debt and taking over a loan subject to they don't really you know you're making the payment directly to the to, to the bank and there's really no record of the seller actually receiving anything I, so what we do is we create a wraparound mortgage wrapping around that that loan so that the, the money at least on paper passes through our seller and then goes to the bank and we'd hope that a, a underwriter for a new mortgage loan for that original seller if they want to buy a different house would uh, give credit for some of that income that's coming from you to pay off that debt that remains in their lane in their name and some will and some won't and it depends on who the lender is but I can I can guarantee you that uh, it, that not all uh, lenders are alike and uh, they should be able to find one who will give uh, some credit 
and if they want to research that before they sell it to you or it's a really big deal, uh, you could you could just lease option it from the seller if you wanted instead of buying it. But I'm a big proponent of buying it versus lease optioning it because uh, I don't want any, I want something that's much more solid where I actually own the house and it's recorded that I actually own the house. Uh, on a lease option, you can record your option and you're going to be in good shape there too and that can help them uh, get some credit. But most of the time, they're not going to get 100% credit. And usually what I tell people is, you know, uh, maybe maybe don't uh, set your sights on buying a house. If my payment on this is $1,500 and I'm taking it over for you and you no longer have to make that payment, now you've got $1,500 that you would have made that payment with and you can go get a beautiful home. You know, you can rent a beautiful home for a lot less than what your payments will be buying them in, in, if you just you know put your mind to it. I, in fact, I just did one. The Zillow's estimate of rent is $9,000 and I rented it for 3500 bucks. So applying the ratio there, he might be able to go get a house that he would never be able to afford that would have a four or $5,000 payment on it and rent it for 1500 So people ought not be so against renting and you're putting that seller in a situation where they can go get a beautiful house because they don't have to make that payment on the one they own and worry about it so much now. Something goes wrong with the roof or the plumbing or the electric and they got to come up with a big chunk of cash to fix it. You don't have to do that in a rental situation. So go rent a house and let me take over these payments for you until we get it cashed out at some point in the future. And that's the way we do this business. You take what comes at you and you transact like an engineer engineer deal based on uh, what the data is that they give you on your information sheets. So, so folks, um, went long and uh, hopefully this was valuable to, to all of you and hopefully uh, those of you who come out to Florida will uh, come up and introduce yourself. I love meeting all the folks in Ron's world. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and sign off for the call for tonight. And just thank you for participating. Thank you for a set of wonderful questions and wonderful people. And you all have a great evening and a great week. Uh, signing off. Take care. Bye, everybody.